Who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. Welcome back, everybody, to Han Talks First, and this is the Bad Batch Reviews. Today is all about episode four, titled Cornered. This episode is filled with Easter eggs from other Star Wars shows and movies, and it's also explicitly stated that we're seeing a very rapid transition from the old Republic to the new Empire. This week was an action-packed, cat-and-mouse chase-type episode filled with all our favorite characters, plus one more special one. Now, if you haven't watched Bad Batch yet, I advise you to go ahead and do that and then come back to this video because you are entering spoiler territory. So this episode kind of picks up where it left off last time. The Bad Batch are on their ship en route to a planet called Idlafor? Idlafor? Idafor. Idlafor. I think I said that the first time. And they're going there because that is a good place for them to lay low and hide out. Which was good for us to know because for a while I was kind of wondering what their plan was and where they were going this whole time. And <laughs> now we know. Now when Omega hears this news, she gets a little disappointed because she thought going out with them on this, on this excursion in space would give her the opportunity to explore more. And uh, they said they're just going to hide out. So that makes her kind of sad but luckily they have to make a pit stop on the planet pantora pantora not pandora it's weird because we had an avatar reference last week on episode three of the bad batch and now there's another avatar reference on episode four but anyway they're making a stop there so they can do some repairs maybe replenish some of their supplies and get some more food rations but most importantly they have to disengage the tracking beacon that is still on their ship which is now wanted by the Empire. Now, once they get to Pantora, it looks a lot like Coruscant right off the bat, but then you realize it's a much smaller city rather than a giant metropolis like Coruscant is. And don't try to tell me that Pantora doesn't look like the set from the test footage of George Lucas's live action TV show that he was developing in 2005. It looks just like it. I feel like this is Dave Filoni's way of paying homage to that TV show that almost came into existence and never got to, and now we get to see it in a animated way. So there we go, there is one Easter egg so far. And also the marketplace on Pantora looks a lot like Black Spire Outpost from Galaxy's Edge, don't you think? Easter egg number two. Hello? Yo, yeah, no, I'm calm because it's easier for me to explain. So Dean. You know the, um, yes, can you hear me? <laughs> yes. I'm actually recording a episode of Han Talks First right now. Oh, hello everyone, if they can hear me. <laughs> so what, what's the episode about since I'm interrupting? <laughs> it's my weekly Bad Batch review. Yeah, but I am going to say the episode was good. Like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one, and then that, that can be my contribution to this. <laughs> I hope that came through on the mic so I can <laughs> I could put this on the video. Now, as Obi-Wan Kenobi would say, this is where the fun begins. So when they land at Pantora in the docking bay, they meet this stupid docking bay douchebag repair guy who says, yeah, I don't need to check your ship in if you just pay me a little credits, you know? And then they pay him some credits and then he goes ahead behind their back anyway and he calls up Fennec Shand to come in and kill them, I guess. But what a douchebag. I really hated this guy the second he came on the screen. <sighs> what a douche. Then Fennec Shan pops up. It was finally great to see her in the show because we knew she was going to be in it. And from the trailers and from all the, the press about this show, and it was finally good to see her introduced 
at last in the show. So her role in this is supposedly uh, just playing a regular bounty hunter as she is in the Mandalorian TV show. And she's hunting the Bad Batch, but more specifically, she's hunting Omega. But I do want to point out that the show made an effort to point out twice that Fennec Shan's purpose was specifically hunting Omega, not the Bad Batch. So the question is, why is she hunting Omega? I've seen a lot of theories out there of people speculating on what this could mean exactly. Uh, I don't agree with many of them. And I'm surprised that people aren't mentioning the most common sense answer, which is the Kiminoans hired Fennec Shan to bring Omega back to them. Because as we saw in episode two and episode three, the Kiminoans have a plan for future clones in this phase three project was it just to be revealed because they're afraid they will lose their jobs. Anyway, bit long story, we all know what happens, but I think the Kiminoans hired Fennec Shan to bring Omega back because they have plans for her going forward in phase three. Here is a random fun fact for this video about Fennec Shan, and it has to do with her signature hairstyle. Ming-Na Wen actually is partly responsible for the design of Fennec Shan's hair. She went to the hairdresser and they kind of designed this together because the name Fennec reminded Ming-Na about a Fennec Fox and she wanted to take inspiration from that. Now Fennec Foxes, for those of you that don't know, are typically orange. They have big ears. They're typically loners. They're also very cunning and very stealth, just like Fennec Shan. Now the orange braids going through Fennec's hair is supposed to mimic that of the fox's ears. And then of course her long signature intertwined ponytail is supposed to signify or mimic the resemblance of a fox's tail. So pretty cool fun fact that Ming-Na Wen shared on her Instagram. I just thought I wanted to share it here as a little bonus for you guys. Anyway, the main piece of the show, notice I say piece, not plot. There wasn't much plot to this episode, but the main piece of this episode was an action piece. And it was the chase between Fennec Shand and Hunter and Omega. And then of course, Wrecker is thrown in there every once in a while. And then we have Echo screwing around with some droids trying to fix the ship. And then of course he got bought off. Clone prostitution. But anyway, the reason that they get separated in the first place is because Omega is distracted by this little dog alien and she goes up to pet it, it steals her doll and runs away. But I wanted to point out that the little alien dog is a callback to the Star Wars Resistance animated TV show, which one of the characters had that same exact dog. Easter egg number three. And then of course, Fennec tries to pose as a regular civilian so that she can help Omega find her family, which I assume since she's only bountied to get Omega, she probably wanted to kill the Bad Batch. That way they wouldn't come after her if she did end up capturing her and leaving that planet. But anyway, the thing I wanna take away from this is Omega herself. She's so sweet and so innocent. She just wants to explore the world and see new things and meet new people. She doesn't know about the dangers out there and how brutal this world can be, but she's so cute and how she interacts with it. And she thinks everybody is a friend. My favorite part of this episode, which might surprise some of you, <laughs> It surprised me, but it's actually the part where Echo says to his new droid companions, gear up, fellas, we're going in the field. I don't know why I found that so entertaining, but I did. Anyway, all I can really say about the show, it wasn't as deep, as enlightening, and as dynamically intriguing in its color tone and aesthetic as the previous episodes have been. But needless to say, it was still just as fun. While there wasn't much plot in this week's episode, there was many new introductions about where the show could go. Of course, bringing in the new character, Fennec Shand, and then trying to tie it in with all these other new stories that have been 
lingering in the past. The one thing I will leave you with though is a question. Do you know how Disney is able to get away with so much murder on a Disney Plus animated kids show? Well, the answer is quite simple, and it was actually discovered all the way back in 1977 by George Lucas. You see, when you are killing people on a show or a movie, and you go to screen it in front of audiences, it will get a certain rating, and if you're using guns, it won't be able to show to a child audience. However, George Lucas found a way around that and decided to use blasters because they are little beams of plasma or laser beams, whatever you want to call it. And so by putting that in there and seeing aliens get blown up or anything like that, it's not a bullet. It's not something that is in our real world. Therefore, they're able to get away with it. I'm watching the show and we literally see people get shot on screen. And then I just remember back because George Lucas talked on this so long ago and said that the way they're able to get away with it is because we're yours blasters. Yeah. Okay, everybody, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this review. If you want to stop by tomorrow, we're going live on the Han Talks First show. We can hear about the latest news and updates and some fun topics. Thank you for joining us. We will be back next week for another review of The Bad Batch, Episode 5. Until then, my friends, somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the force be with you.